This is Psalms to God, Season 2, Episode 24, How I Keep the Sabbath. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Isaiah chapter 58, verses 13 and 14. New King James Version. Welcome back to the Psalms to God podcast. This is your host, Ree, and today we're talking about how I keep the Sabbath. Now, there's a lot that goes into this episode, and I I have a feeling this episode will also be kind of lengthy just because there are a lot of things that I want to go into. Um, but I also think that this is an important episode because I feel like this is where people get confused or turned off or go off the deep end into legalism um, and you start to see really weird things surrounding the sabbath so i really wanted to do justice to this episode um i don't want to harp on do's and don'ts because i don't think that's what the sabbath is about Um, but i do want to give some caveats and of course unfortunately there are things that the bible does tell us not to do so we will spend a portion of the time talking about don'ts on the sabbath Um, but i want to try to keep that as short as possible and then talk about the wonderful things about sabbath and i also want to talk about how my life has improved since keeping the sabbath so going into this um first and foremost i want to put out a disclaimer that in general people do not keep sabbath the same so Yes, I am a Sabbath keeper and I'm trying to keep Sabbath according to the word and according to how the Holy Spirit convicts me. But um, how you keep the Sabbath is very personal to your relationship with God. In fact, um, I would state that the entire purpose of the Sabbath is building your relationship with God. And so how your relationship with God moves and evolves will also change how you keep the Sabbath. So Every person is going to have a different relationship with God and what they feel is appropriate or not appropriate for the Sabbath may shift. Um, And we're all different people and God is convicting us of different ways. Certain things are in your control. Certain things are not in your control. And I don't think God holds you to the things that are not in your control. For instance, I grew up in a household that does not keep the Sabbath. Had I come to the Sabbath truth when I was 13, 14 years old, my parents would have still expected me to do chores on the Sabbath. And then it would have been, are you going to keep the Sabbath or are you going to honor your mother and your father? And now you're in between a rock and a hard place. And so I don't necessarily think 
one, I think that's why God didn't bring me to the truth of the Sabbath when I was um, a 13 year old. But two, I think that God understands that in some cases you're going to be caught in that rock in a hard place because you don't have the autonomy that you would like to have. And, you know, he's either going to create a path to get you to that autonomy so that you can fully keep his Sabbath or he is going to be more lenient with you about whatever it is that you're not able to do because of your circumstance, right? So that is the first caveat that I want to give. A second caveat that I want to give is more so a flashback. I did an episode at the beginning of the season um, about can't, don't, and won't, and the difference between those words and the mentality of using those words. And when you're saying I can't do something versus I don't do something versus I won't do something. And so um, I think that if you have not listened to that episode, you should definitely go back and listen to it. It is definitely going to be an eye-opener in terms of what I'm saying um, when I say I don't do this on the Sabbath or I do this on the Sabbath um, versus I can't do this or I won't do this or whatever. Um, There is definitely nuances that you should think about as you navigate your own Sabbath keeping journey that I think are covered in that episode and I'm not gonna talk about them in this episode. So I definitely advise you going back to that Um, And then I would say that um, there are general concepts that I hold to when going into my own Sabbath keeping. In the beginning, when God created uh, heaven, earth, and and, and Genesis, um, and Adam and Eve were in the garden in the perfect creation, God came and walked with them. And he built a relationship with them, a personal relationship with them. And to me, the Sabbath is like going back to Eden, going back to that ability to have this personal relationship with God. I mentioned, I think that the Sabbath and your relationship with God are intertwined, right? The the concept of Sabbath is about building your relationship with God. So when I look at the Sabbath, I think of it as basically like, almost like date night, right? This is your chance to spend the day with God. Think of it as though God is in a long distance relationship with you. And throughout the week, you call each other, you text each other, you know, you you check in or whatever. But on Sabbath, he is coming to your house to spend the day with you. And that changes things, right? Um, And so when I think about what I do on the Sabbath or how I keep the Sabbath, I think of it as though God has taken off time, he's cleared his schedule, and come to visit me personally to spend the day with me. Um, And you'll see as we talk about certain things that that frame of reference has a tendency to shift how I view what I will or won't do during the Sabbath, even though there may not be a concrete do or don't or can or can't uh, with that. So um, with that being said, let's jump in to the Sabbath, okay? Like I said, there are a couple of things that the Bible does formally tell us not to do on the Sabbath. As you can guess, the primary thing is work. So Exodus chapter 20 verses 8 through 11, it tells us not to do work and not to cause anyone else to do work. We're not supposed to make our children work. We're not supposed to make our servants work. Um, And of course, 
caveat when you go to a restaurant when you go to um you know whatever store or whatever you are hiring that person temporarily right so you are requiring that person to work for you so there is definitely a thing about work um as we get deeper in i'll talk about some of the interpretational aspects of this like for instance what does work mean right um but let's just keep going through this list um related to work is this concept of buying and selling that's talked about in nehemiah um, in chapter 10 verse 31 and also in chapter 13 verse 15 um these like you can't buy or sell without working or causing somebody else to work if i'm buying then i'm causing you to work if i'm selling then i myself am working so um, those kind of tie together but then there are other things that i think may be more relevant to the context of time you have things like kindling a fire which is spoken about in exodus chapter 35 verse 3 and carrying a burden jeremiah chapter 27 i mean jeremiah chapter 17 verse 21 and 22 um the, these things like i like me personally i still don't know the exact meaning of them or how they apply to us today um, because i am aware that for instance kindling a fire in moses's day is very different than creating fire today right they had to go out and get firewood they had to get you know these sticks and rub them together or or mat or, or flints or whatever i don't necessarily think they had matches i don't think that i know for a fact they didn't have like lighters or like the little things where you just press a button and, and the flame comes up um or for instance we have like if you have a gas stove in your house you don't have to actually light it you can just press a button and it'll ignite itself that's not really work um, and so again, as I said, knowing why you keep the Sabbath or why God said not to do this helps you to understand whether, like, what that means in our society, right? Was it about the fire? Was it about creating the fire? If it's about creating the fire, then even pressing the button is a problem. But if it's about the work that you have to put in to create the fire, then pressing a button is not a big deal, right? And this is where I said that depending on who you talk about and to who you talk to and how they understand the Sabbath, it will change how they feel about that. As I said, for me, thinking about the Sabbath in terms of building your relationship with God or God being a visitor, like I'd look at it in terms of how much work you put in, right? Going out and gathering the firewood and trying to start the fire is taking away from the time that you could be spending with God and creating that bond with God. Whereas pressing a button is an instantaneous thing. It's not really gonna take away from your conversation with God or the time you're spending with him. So that informs my decision. But like I said, it's an, like, it's an evolving thing. God could bring me to a verse tomorrow that makes me be like, nope, you should not even press that button, right? Um, or he may convict me otherwise. Or he may give me a conviction that makes me more solid in the direction that I'm already going. Um, in the same vein of, I guess, um, interpretive measures you have, um, 
the whole issue of cooking and collecting food. This is based off of Exodus chapter 16, verses 22 and 23. The Israelites are on the Exodus. They're in the wilderness. God is providing manna. He tells them he will provide it for six days. And on the sixth day, this is the one day that they can keep manna until the next day. And he's basically going to give them a double portion. They should no, not go out to collect it on the seventh day. And so from this, a lot of people are like, you shouldn't cook on the Sabbath, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but interestingly, when you start to um, put this in context with other verses in the Bible, such as that in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verses 1 through 8, and Exodus 12, verse 16, um, also in Matthew 12, when Jesus has the disciples um, getting the grain and the Pharisees come for him about that, you start to see a slightly different picture. Um, for instance, the chapters in the verses in Deuteronomy and Exodus that I mentioned, um, this is during the Passover. And the first day of the Passover was considered a Sabbath. It talks about how it's supposed to be a Sabbath to you, but they were supposed to prepare the Passover lamb and eat it on that Sabbath of the Passover. So they were still cooking the lamb. They were still killing the lamb and doing all of that for the Sabbath. And likewise, you know, Christ says that it's perfectly fine for them to gather that food in worship of God. So um, when it comes to preparing food on the Sabbath, you know, I think that is a touchy thing. Um, the general rule of thumb that I follow is that if I can prepare it beforehand, I do. Um, there have been times where things have come up that I didn't expect and I was unable to prepare food for the Sabbath, so I prepared it on the Sabbath. Um, there have been times where maybe I prepared food for the Sabbath, but it wasn't enough and I got hungry near the end of the Sabbath. Or um, for instance, somebody has come over unexpectedly and so now I need to feed two people instead of just me. And so I've prepared food. Um, but in all of those cases, when I do prepare food on the Sabbath, it's generally going to be a less complicated thing. Like I'm going to boil water and make, you know, a quick pot of noodles or I'm going to make grits or something like that. I'm generally not going to go all out and get like super involved. I'm not going to like make biscuits where I'm going to destroy my kitchen and have flour everywhere and be tempted to clean the kitchen afterwards. I'm not going to make meals that require me to stay in the kitchen for, you know, long periods of time. Um, again, this goes back to that philosophy I said about thinking of it as God spending the day with me, right? If God was with me for the day, you know, making him like a grilled cheese sandwich or making a grilled cheese sandwich for us to eat together, that's not really taking a lot out of our bonding time. But going and spending 45 minutes to an hour in the kitchen to make a four course meal or something like that and leaving him to his own devices while I'm trying to cook or leaving their guests to your, their own devices, that's a little more intrusive. And so that's how I think on the matter of cooking during the Sabbath. And of course, the final point of don't in the scripture is doing your own pleasure. This comes from Isaiah chapter 58 verses 13 and 14. And I think this is the most ambiguous part of the word um, because you really have to know yourself and you really have to rely on conviction and 
discernment to know where whether you are doing something that you want to do versus doing something that is pleasing to God. Um, this is one of the things that you know I, I struggle with getting people to understand. When I talk to people about the Sabbath, a lot of people think that the Sabbath is my day or that it's a day I keep for myself, but that's not what the Sabbath is. The Sabbath is the Lord's day. The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. It is God who sanctified the Sabbath. The Sabbath is about him and it's about, I mean, it's about our my relationship with him, yes, but it's about him. It's about glorifying him. It's about magnifying him. It's about remembering that he has created this world for us. It's about trying to get a glimpse of his Eden and his perfect, her, his perfection. It's about rest, sabbatismos, which is what the state of heaven is supposed to be like. Um, and so it's not about me. And so, like I said, um, this is one of the things that I feel like, I mean, even I struggle with because we we typically convince ourselves that that we're not being selfish when we are being selfish. That's a human thing. Um, we typically will try to convince ourselves that we can do things that um, maybe we shouldn't be doing. For instance, there are a lot of things that I do that, you know, they're, they're not, it's not, it doesn't tell you you can or can't do that in the Bible. So for instance, let's, let's take something like watching TV. The Bible doesn't say you cannot watch TV on the Sabbath. TVs didn't even exist in biblical times. So when you look at it, it's like, well, it doesn't say I can't. It's I'm resting. I'm not working. I'm not kindling a fire. I'm not, you know, so I can watch TV. Okay, but why are you watching TV? What is it doing? Is it edifying your relationship with God? Is it bringing glory to God? Is it giving honor to God? Um, is it edifying your relationship with your fellow man? Um, is it helping you to build relationships with your fellow man? Is it helping you to do good? Is it, um, you know, is it some sort of community service, right? All of these things come into play. So for me personally, I don't watch secular TV. Even if it's a wholesome show, um, that's not necessarily something I'm going to watch. Now, I do watch documentaries. I will watch things about the environment, about keeping the environment clean, because that's about um, taking care of God's creation, which is something he has called us to do. I will watch documentaries about health and about keeping my body healthy um, because, again, your body is the temple. This is something God has called us to do, and I feel like it's glorifying God, it's edifying the spirit, et cetera, et cetera. But, again, that's a discernment thing. That's a judgment call that you have to make personally in your relationship with God and what you perceive as being your own pleasure versus not your own pleasure. And I'll go into a couple of more things probably on the website in the show notes. Um, like I said, I don't want to dwell on what not to do on the Sabbath. I want to go more into what you can do on the Sabbath and what is more and what is good for the Sabbath. So that brings us in more so into the New Testament where Christ is pushing back on the Pharisees, right? The Pharisees are always at Christ saying that he's breaking the Sabbath. And he's like, no, I'm not breaking the Sabbath you're being legalistic. Um, and so Christ tries to get them to understand what the Sabbath is and what the purpose of the Sabbath is. And that's why we see him doing the things that he does. So we mentioned, for instance, the disciples picking the grain and eating. Again, they weren't harvesting the whole field and you know getting bushels and baskets full of, of food that they were then going to go sell. They were getting enough for them to eat at that moment. 
right? And it was something probably that unexpected that came up. They didn't have time to prepare food beforehand. So now they're just getting food, you know, how they can get it. Um, there's also examples where Christ um, f- frees a woman from a demon um, or a possession. There's also examples where he heals people and he talks about it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath, which to me says that you can do community service on the Sabbath. Any form of community service is acceptable um, anytime you're doing anything good. Again, healing you know, if you're a doctor, there are certain things that come up that you just have no control over, right? For instance, if you're pregnant, you don't have any say whether your baby decides to come on the Sabbath or whether it comes the day before or whether it comes the day after. When the baby comes, the baby comes. And if you need a doctor to help you deliver the baby, you need a doctor to help you deliver the baby, right? And that's just one example. There are many other things, you know. um, I have my cousin's they're all boys and they were out playing with each other and I don't know what happened but in the aftermath of it somebody ended up with a broken arm okay nobody wakes up and thinks on the sabbath my kids are gonna act a fool and play too rough and end up breaking one of the kids arms no one is planning that but if it happens you have to take the child to the emergency room and get their arm set and put it in a cast. And there has to be a doctor there to do this, right? Um, I remember one Sabbath, um, my dad actually left a tooth. He dropped a toothpick in the carpet at my apartment and I didn't notice it. He didn't notice it. Nobody knew it was there. And I happened to walk across it and I, I was barefoot and the toothpick stabbed me in the foot. So I have a toothpick jammed in my foot. Um, you know, I pull it out. It's bleeding. It's, you know, it's gross. I have no ointment to put on it. I was out of like alcohol. I couldn't clean it. So I had to go to the store and buy something to handle this this cut on my foot. If I didn't, it would get infected. I don't think God wants me to just let my foot be dirty and bleeding as opposed to go get medic, you know, medical treatment for my foot right? I didn't know that was going to happen. I couldn't have planned for that. It happened. So that's what what happened. Again, um, there have been instances where, for instance, you know, maybe somebody shows up to your service or to your house, an unexpected family member, a complete stranger. They don't have any food. I don't have enough food in my house to feed you because I didn't know you were coming. I'm going to buy you some food. Okay. It's lawful to do good. Yes, there are things that you generally should not do just to do, just for your own pleasure or for your own convenience. We talked a little bit about convenience in the last episode. But when it comes down to it, like I said, certain things are out of your control. This is the the point that Christ makes in the New Testament, particularly when he talks about, like, for instance, if your sheep um, falls in in a ditch or something, you're going to get it out, right? If my neighbor's house catches on fire, I'm going to stop what I'm doing to try to help them put the fire out. That's important, right? It is important to be mindful of the people around you. Remember that your relationship with God, yes, God is, you know, um, a big concept. He's divine. He is everywhere. Um, But in that, God is in each person. 
every person you come into contact with there is that verse in the new testament whenever you did for the least of these you did also for me and when you did not do for the least of these you did not do for me so when you are worshiping god on the sabbath you are also taking care of your fellow man so if someone needs you back to this point of it being lawful to do good then they need you right and you should be helping them um so I, I definitely think that those things, that's what Jesus was pointing out to the Pharisees in the New Testament. And that's something to keep in mind as you go out on the Sabbath. Don't be so regimented in, okay, I'm not supposed to buy. I'm not supposed to sell. I'm not supposed to work. I'm not supposed to lift anything. I'm not supposed to cook. I'm not supposed to do my own pleasures. So I can't help you with this because it's the Sabbath. No, step back and think about like, is it good? Is it is it something to help this person is it something this person needs is it glorifying god would jesus have done it you know and then do that is this something that you would be doing in the kingdom of heaven yeah okay well let's do this because the sabbath is a mirror of what the kingdom of heaven should look like so with that being said i want to go into the beauty and the joy of sabbath um it is a lot of planning but because it's a lot of planning it really helped me as somebody who did not keep the Sabbath and then started to keep the Sabbath, my time management skills shot through the roof. I started keeping Sabbath while I was in grad school. I thought that that was going to be a disaster. I thought I was going to end up flunking out, that it wasn't going to be um, accepted. But because I knew that I had to get things done, because I knew that, you know, come Friday evening, I was going to start keeping the Sabbath. If my paper was due Friday at midnight, it had to be due before sunset. So I was putting in more effort and more time. I was managing my time better. And what I found is that um, not only was I able to get more things accomplished because I was you know, more constructive with my time, I was more aware of my time, but also I felt more rejuvenated because you do get that relaxation. Um, you do need relaxation. Even if you talk to people who are not Christian, if you go and you talk to the secular world, they will tell you the importance of taking time for yourself. If you go into like the self-care movement, they will talk about the importance of taking time away from your job, taking time to breathe, to, to experience positivity, to get away from negativity and things like that. And all of those things are things of the Sabbath, right? not worrying about my job, not worrying about my bills, not, you know, concerning myself with gossip, whatever, just sitting back, enjoying the day, relaxing, taking, you know, a brief nap if I need it, just kind of, you know, going out, enjoying nature, enjoying God's creation. Um, these things help to balance you. You need that. And I do this every week. And I've found that since I started keeping the Sabbath, I don't generally have times where I feel burnt out. Now, sometimes if you allow yourself to get involved with a organization, a church organization, um, they will have you doing things on the Sabbath that perhaps you should not be doing. Um, and it will cause you to feel burnt out and overworked because they will have you, quote unquote, working for the Lord on the Sabbath. Um, and so you may find yourself in that state of burnout. And so um, I guess going back into kind of the history, the personal history of me keeping the Sabbath, 
When I started keeping the Sabbath, I was not part of a church family. I was the only person I knew that kept Sabbath. And so my Sabbaths looked a lot different um, because I wasn't involved with anybody else. And I will say those were the most relaxing Sabbaths that I had because I would get up, you know, I might go outside and go for a walk. I might um, spend some time in nature. Um, I would read the word and do maybe like a word study. Um, I might listen to a sermon online from a pastor that I respected. Um, And then, you know, I might do community service or I might call family members and talk to them, et cetera, et cetera, take a nap, go back to studying the word, listen to some music. Um, It was very, very informal and very like relaxed. When I started going to the church that I go now, going to the services, that is, um, you know, I started to see that people have way more structure to their Sabbaths. There are people who like open the Sabbath and close the Sabbath. I consider these traditional things that you don't have to do these things, but you might want to do them. It may help you, particularly if you're new to Sabbath keeping. Um, I do like acknowledging the beginning and the end of Sabbath in the sense of, like I said, if somebody's coming to visit you, it's like saying, hey, welcome to home, you know, welcome here and saying, oh, it was great to have you here. See you again next week. Um, So I do get the concept, but I personally don't have like this formal method of opening the Sabbath where like they sit down and they like read a devotion and they do like 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 a group prayer and a group song and things like that. Some people do that. I personally don't do that. Um, but there is something about formal services that for me is more stressful and can lead to burnout and feeling like this is, this is, um, a burden. And so I will be the first to tell you, I don't go to services all the time. I do think that you should fellowship with your fellow believers, but I don't think that, that what we call church today, these services, that's not necessary. Those aren't particularly biblical so I don't really put any weight in them um I am just as content to call up a couple of friends and have you know a nice discussion about the word almost closer to like a bible study or even like a potluck where we're discussing the word things like that Um, a lot of people take this time to spend with their family we live in a very high-paced society a society that causes us to be overly ambitious um and so a lot of people don't necessarily have that time to really sit down with their kids or to sit down with their spouse. The Sabbath is a great time to do that, to have family activities. Now, I know that there are controversies about playing games on the Sabbath. Personally, I don't think, um, like I said, I think this depends on the family. If you're you're playing games, there are Bible games that you can play. Um, I don't really know. I don't necessarily think it's the end of the world if you bring your family together to play like something like Uno. Um, As long as, like I said, you you keep it clean. Like, I mean, if you if you guys are going to cuss each other out playing Uno, you should probably not be doing that on the Sabbath. But, you know, as long as you can keep God involved somehow or keep the focus in, I don't necessarily think that you can't play a game that is not particularly biblically based. I, you know, you probably want to err on the side of caution with biblical games. Um, and there are a lot online that you could find. But just in general, I think spending time with your family is a great thing if you have family to spend with. Um, you know, I attend a Bible study on Friday nights generally. Um, 
which also generally turns into more of a fellowship than anything else. Um, I mentioned earlier community service. It's a perfect time to go visit the sick or to visit the elderly um, or even orphans, right? Um, This is a day you're not going to work. You have plenty of quote unquote free time to spend with other people. It's a great time to give back to others um, and to try to help those people or to bring them comfort. There are a lot of people in nursing homes who don't have family. It's a great time to go, you know, cheer them up and bring them a smile. Um, And these things also help you. It's time, you know, if you are so moved to do so, it would be a time that you could go speak to people who are homeless. And I don't mean, um, I don't mean just giving people money or just taking them food. I mean, actually going and getting to know people. A lot of people are in situations because they don't feel loved or they don't have anybody to listen to them or to point them in the right direction. And sometimes um, when you end up in certain groups in society, whether it is um, being homeless, whether it's being an addict, whether it's having a mental disability, whether it's being old, whether it's being an orphan, whether it's being in a disadvantaged group like the LGBT community or um, you know, being a minority, there are things that happen to you that just hurt your self-esteem, that hurt your inner spirit. Um, and having all that free time on the Sabbath, it is a time that you could go uplift people from these groups or from these communities. It is a time that you could go show them that you love them, that you think about them, that you are there for them and build relationships with those people. And in a way you are glorifying God because you're showing the love of God to these people and that's what they need. And so I think that these are things that Christ was talking about when he said it's lawful to do good. Um, And these are the types of things that I think the Sabbath was created for. So no, it's not just sitting around doing nothing or sleeping all day. Um, I, you know, I do typically take a Sabbath nap, but I try to make sure that I don't spend the whole day sleeping. Um, There have been Sabbaths where I just had a rough week and I may have slept a little more than I should have, may have erred into doing my own pleasure. But I definitely think that going out and doing good for others is something that is important for the Sabbath. Um, And overall, like I said, I would advise using discernment. Um, There are a lot of things, again, um, that may be, they may be okay for me, they may be hard for you, or they may be fine for you and hard for me. Um, And that's just something, like I said, that may change over time. And it may just be personal. Um, but at the end of the day, the Sabbath is supposed to be a delight. It's, a, it's not supposed to be a burden. It's supposed to be something that you enjoy, something that you look forward to. And I can say honestly that I do look forward to the Sabbath. I look forward to this day where I don't have to worry about anything, where I don't have to do anything, where I can spend time with other people in a positive manner. Um, I haven't quite been able to do a lot of the more community-based things that I would like to do on the Sabbath especially now that COVID has hit um, because it's not like I can just pop up at a nursing home and go visit people. It's not like I can just go to an orphanage and play with the kids all day or something like that because COVID. Um, So I don't typically do as much good on the Sabbath as I would like to do, but um, it's definitely something that I regret not doing more of when I did have the time. 
Um, but I do use that time, like I said, to talk to my family, to go out in nature. Um, and so I, if you are interested in keeping the Sabbath, I definitely encourage you to think about the things that you can do and not focus on the things that you can't do. And if you are a Sabbath keeper, um, I definitely would say to use this time to reevaluate why you do what you do and and think about what the Sabbath means to you and why you keep the Sabbath to help you to help inform you of what you will and won't do on the Sabbath. Um, and also in your interactions with other people, particularly people who are new to keeping Sabbath or who don't keep Sabbath, extending that grace um, and remembering that some things are completely interpretational, completely based on conviction and discernment and that, you know, you have to let God work in their lives and let God tell them what's okay and what's not okay. Um, The last thing you want to be is judgmental and start, you know, going ham on people because they don't keep Sabbath the way you keep Sabbath. Um, And I think that's important to remember for those who have kids as well. Um, I don't have kids, so take what I'm saying with a grain of salt, but, you know, making sure that the Sabbath is a delight for your kids is probably a good idea so that they don't grow up to hate the Sabbath. Just my uh, observation um, dealing with the kids at the church that I attend. So essentially, this is how I keep the Sabbath. This is the way I go about thinking about what I will and won't do on the Sabbath. Um, And like I said, you may notice some inconsistencies because I do think of it in terms of planning um, and emergency-based things and, like I said, doing good. So if something comes up, I may do something on the Sabbath that I wouldn't normally do because it's an emergency, because I know I couldn't have planned for it, and because I think that God would have wanted me to do it. Um, And so you may see something and be like, well, you did that. And then, of course, there are some things that I don't do that other people may do. Um, And there are things that I may feel uncomfortable with based on the person involved. Um, And so it's it's like I said, it's really more so a discernment thing um, and a growth thing. Like I said, there are things that I used to do that I don't do. And there are things that I used to not do that now I'm not quite so bothered by um, because my relationship with Christ has been changing and evolving. So that is my two cents on the Sabbath. Um, I hope that this has helped you. And I hope that if you are new to Sabbath keeping, that this has been a blessing for you. If you are interested in keeping the Sabbath, um, you know, you can always reach out to me if you have questions. You can reach out to me on the website or on Instagram, Psalms underscore two underscore God. Um, And I am happy to talk to you. It's a judgment free zone. You know, I just want the best for everybody. So thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe, like, visit the website for the show notes. Um, I'll put a little bit more detail there as well and link some other um, references that I have on the Sabbath. I will see you guys next week.